Get the new Donkey Kong 64 bundle with the banana yellow game pack and the new Jungle Green N64 console. It's got a Jungle Green controller and comes with the N64 expansion pack. The Donkey Kong 64 bundle. It's more fun than a bunch of baboons with a bundle of bananas. World. We won't go in one direction or see where we can set. We will walk through walls. We will take a look around us. We will not be confined. We believe in the path of least limits. We won't be told how to view the world. We will experience true freedom. We will not compromise. We will live the game through our hands. We will be in control of something. We will change the system. Change the system. It's Ferret 64 with your host, Yemi the Ferret. Hello and welcome to another episode of Ferret 64 with me, your host, Yemi the Ferret. The one and only. Um, I hope everyone's doing well today. I hope everyone had a good week. I hope everyone's having a good weekend. And if you're listening on, uh, to this on the next week, or in the during the next week that after I record this, I hope you're having a good week. This episode will cover news and occurrences between April 9th and April 16th of 2021. Yeah, we're already uh, we're already getting. I mean, we're blasting through this year so far. It's kind of crazy to me because last year seemed to drag on for so long. But um, we've got um, we got some really cool games coming up in the next few months, which I'm really excited for. And of course, the uh, the end of the year is when most of the new stuff comes out, anyway. But uh, there's some cool things on the horizon. I'm I'm excited for. But let's talk about what I have been playing this past week. And um, I think the first thing I want to talk about is a game called Say No More. I know I talked a little bit about it last week. Uh, I was only like two, three chapters in at the time. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. And um, I would have to say that it's a great game. I think it's a nice, compact experience. I think it's priced pretty fairly. Um, I, I think that uh, it does leave a little bit to be desired with like what you can do in the game, but it's more about the experience in these cases. Um, even though, even though there is a limited amount of things that you can do in the game, it still gives you a good amount of. Um, I, I don't want to say freedom, but it gives you a good amount of things like choices to make and stuff like that. So there's four basic no's that you can get. One's aggressive. One's chill, like a cold no. One's like a lazy no, and then the other one's like a crazy no. And then if you charge up those no's, you can knock people farther pretty much with your no's. That's the whole point of the game is like saying no to people because you're an intern at this company and everyone's saying yes, 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 yes to the president and the people, the higher-ups, the CEOs and stuff. No one, no one will say no. So if someone asks you to do something completely outrageous that you don't have time for, you can't say no to them. Everyone's saying yes, yes, yes. And there's two other interns who join up with you. And they're saying yes, yes, yes. And you're kind of stuck there saying yes along with them. Until you find a magical uh, cassette tape that teaches you the ways of saying the word no. And um, I think this game has a really good message underneath the main story for the game. Which also has a good story in it. Um, I was definitely... Um, 
I, you know, I was, I was, I was enjoying my time playing it. I knew there was something, you know, going on in the background because, um, I, the, the one, I, I don't want to like do like a spoiler, but I, I noticed one of the interns was kind of funny, right? Um, but I, I think that overall the narrative of the game is is great. Uh, I, I thought that the, um, the overall writing of the characters and stuff like that was good. Uh, and I, I felt like the whole concept as a whole really worked well. Uh, it, it wasn't like, I don't know, it's not, it wasn't like a one-and-done type game where I, like, played it and then said, eh, whatever, you know. I kind of, I've been thinking about it for a while. And I think that it's a, a, a I wouldn't say it's an important game to play, but it is a nice game to play. Uh, like I said, it has a, it's a, it has a strong message about, you know, maybe it is okay to say no sometimes, right? Um... Uh, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, even though the gameplay is a little basic, um, I think that it works really well in the, in, in the, in the game itself, because it's not like you're going open world and saying no to everyone in their faces. There is a set line that you go on and there's many different people you meet to say no to. Some of them you don't want to say no to. Um, usually if a pink voice box comes up, that means that it's someone that you want to listen to. And um, there's several of those that are kind of funny because there'll be, like, guys coming up and they're like, let's do a staring contest. And if you say no to them, then, you know, they get fly back. But if you don't say no to them, they'll do the staring contest with you and eventually lose. And it's it's, it's really funny. There's a lot of funny moments in this. And I really also like the, uh, the design of, like, the characters and the graphics and stuff like that. It reminds me, like I said last time, it, remi- it reminds me of, like, those Japanese games that are kind of, like, more arcade-based, um, like, the one that's, like, the, the muscle dudes going through the walls and need to mimic them. It was, like, a Wii channel game. It was really fun. It kind of reminds me of, like, that graphical style. It just reminds me of, like, um, like a Japanese-style game that, you know, it's, it's, it's blocky. The character movements are stiff, but it really works for the overall charm of the game itself and i think that if there was more realistic graphics in this game it might not work as well i love the how you can design your character the ways that you really kind of want to look you have different hairstyles and colors and etc etc costumes well outfits to wear and stuff like that you have the choice of what no that you want to use by the end of the game um you also have the uh the choice between like lowering someone's self-esteem i think is what they call it where or, or maybe just, I mean, there's, there's different things they can do to charge up your nose as well. So you have like a slow clap, you know, like a, a, an exaggerated clap. You have, you can laugh in their face. Um, you can do like a over sarcastic, uh-huh, you know. Uh, and then there's another one where, um, oh, what's the last one? There's only four. You'd think I would be able to remember them. It's been, it's been about, I actually played through the entire game after I recorded last episode so it's been about a week or so between that um what was the last one the last one hmm i don't remember what the last one is right now if i remember i'll let you guys know but there are there you know there's different ways to go through that the environments in the game are really fun um and like i said i think the whole thing that wraps it all up puts it all together is that final that that story the the story in the game and and the message in the game? I, th- I think it's really important. So, um, if you want to check it out, it's it's not like st- super expensive. Um, if you're waiting for a sale, I understand. But I think this is a game that you know I, I would like to support the developer and I would like to put out the message of you know if you're interested in the game, 
and you want to support an indie developer who's passionate about their games, obviously you can you can see the passion in the game. And if you if you really like games that are um, inclusive, which means that they are you know they, they have they're full of all these different characters from different backgrounds and stories and racial identities and stuff like that. Um, I think that uh, this is a good this is a good place to start. The you know support the the, the developers on this one. So uh, say no more. Um, I think I'll I'm gonna give it like a four to five or an eight out of ten. Um, it could go up on a, another playthrough, um, but it's it's a really really interesting game. My mouse. Let me check Steam. It took me about um, almost uh, a little bit under like an hour and a half to uh, beat the game in you know from going through the chapters, um, and uh, you know like I said I, I would I would recommend this one. I think I even gave it a positive review on Steam if I remember correctly. I don't even remember. Did I? I mean I might have. Well, I gave it a I gave it a review on that app. I don't even remember. Okay, let's move on. So another game that uh, I finally got around the plane. I, I know Greedy Waffles is like, yeah, finally. I don't know. Things just weren't, you know, weren't connecting with the schedules, and then there were days where I just didn't feel like setting up the PlayStation to play it. Uh, but we finally got around the plane. Some of It Takes Two, which is the new game by the same people who did A Way Out. Uh, so It Takes Two is a co-op game couch co-op if you want or you can play online with anyone um, if you have a copy of the game or if someone else has a copy of the game that you can use the friend pass system all they need to do is download the friend pass version of the game and then you need to invite them to your game so that, that it will work um, it has to be played with two people there's no ai to help out so if you are a person who's a solo gamer then you're not going to be able to play this one, okay? But if you are someone who has a couple friends or maybe a friend out there, I would recommend playing this one with them. Um, the story is kind of by the numbers, right? I wouldn't say that's a unique story by any means, but I think that the graphical style and the way that they present the story, much like Say No More, adds more to the story um, than what's there at the time. So... Obviously, the game incorporates, like, these, like, hand... Uh, not handmade, but they kind of look handmade kind of character designs where, you know, you have the main characters who are, you know, one's made out of clay and the other one's made out of, like, a wooden doll. And, you know, they're they're very toy-like. And there's characters in the game that are very animated. And, you know, some of them look a little bit more realistic than others. And some of the boss fights are a little bit more animated than other ones. Um, th th there's a lot going on in here. Like, there's some character designs who are super, super realistic, like the squirrels in the game. But the there's other character designs that you know the, the character is like the toolbox and it has it's, it looks like a red toolbox and stuff has it's like crazy face on it right or the vacuum cleaner I don't even, the vacuum cleaner was the weird one um but uh the game is uh, really fun it flows really well um i think sometimes there's a little bit too much i don't want to say downtime but there's times where like everything kind of slows to a bit of a crawl at times like there's this whole section in the, in the early part of the game where Pretty much all you're doing is you, you're jumping into like these fireflies or whatever, and they're 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 hugging you million a million times with a million fireflies, right? Thank you, Al City. Um, 
but they th- they they throw you propel you to the next set of fireflies to move you to the next set and then there's this long section with this catfish and you need to stay on the catfish but it's really slow moving and it's just it's times like that where it's like it slows down and it's more about the visual spectacle and it's like I appreciate that but I really want to get back to the fun stuff you know the platforming the third person almost pseudo third person shooters aspects of the game the mini games the you know the 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 you know the the puzzle solving, you know stuff like that. Um, I, I it just those, some of those sections just kind of feel like padding as opposed to building character or something like that. Because in these segments, it's not like there's a bunch of story happening, right? It's just you know they're like, oh, what is this? A catfish? And he's like, yeah, this is a catfish. Don't worry, they're gentle. And it's like they're going through that whole like spiel, and it's like it's not really adding to the story. Sure, it's maybe adding to their characters a little bit, but at this point. We really know all we need to know about these characters' backstories. What we need to know is what they're doing now, and that's just, they're just on a catfish, apparently. But other than that, the game is a really fun experience, especially because it's co op, you know, you're having fun with your friend. Um, there's mini games, you know, sprinkled throughout the throughout the game, kind of like a way out, but they're a lot more fun than a way out, I would say. I'm sure there's some button mashing ones like tug of war and stuff like that, but there's also like one of the first ones is like whack a mole, where the one person has like a hammer and the other person pops up in the in the floorboards and you smack them with the hammer if you you know if you can. If they don't, if you don't smack them, they get a point. If you smack them, you get two points. It's a little bit harder on on the the hammer's end. Um, there was another one we did with like a plunger gun and you would shoot the targets and you know, if they if the target got all the way to the other person's side, you would get a point and vice versa. There's also fun little moments that aren't like tied to anything specific. Like there's this photo section where it's like you can stop and you know get, be a part of this diorama and take photos with a with a with a disposable camera or whatever it is. Um, you know, there's cool stuff like that which was kind of sprinkled a little bit into a way out. But I feel like it's way more effective in this game because of the art style and because of the graphic style and stuff like that. I feel like it works so much better in this game than a more realistic take like a way out is. A way out was just kind of it was a lot more bland in its approach with like these little games and stuff like that. You know, it's it's kind of more set in the real world and on, and in a way out the game is so centered around you dodging police and getting through these areas as fast as you can because there's someone following you or you know you need to get to a place at a specific time or you need to watch out for the you know this or that and there's so many sections in that game that's just like bullshit after bullshit of like oh let's play baseball oh let's do this thing where you try to balance on a wheelchair oh let's see who can do the most push-ups or pull-ups uh let's see who can you know hold themselves on this bar for long who can grind on this rail for the longest time sure like i said there were a few mini games in there that were fun but for the most part it's like a bunch of schlock and filler that's like well in, in the context of the story, it doesn't make sense. In and in, in it takes two. The point of the story is that these characters are coming together. They're coming together. They're they're trying to learn how to work together again. Um, and th- they're doing that through you know battling bees and stuff like that. But there's also those sections where it's like these characters are are becoming friends again, quote unquote, and they are learning to love each other again through these other things that are kind of sprinkled throughout the game. Whereas in a way out, it's like okay, there's a section where you. 
you can play the banjo and the other guy plays the piano. It's like a, a, a rhythm game section. But in that section, the context of the story is that these old people are running after their horses that you released or you got them out of the house somehow. And the context is that they are going to be coming back to that house relatively soon or they could come back at any time. But essentially, you can fuck around in the house for hours on end without that happening, making it making the the point of the elderly people could come back at any time moot, right? So <laughs> that's a long way of saying I think that it takes two takes the concept of a way out and really opens it up to a better narrative, a better structure of gameplay, and more gameplay elements that you couldn't do in a game like a way out. A Way Out was like a stepping stone to bring out the better game, which was It Takes Two. And now the guy who directs and produced and wrote It Takes Two has already said that you ain't seen nothing yet. And it's like, okay, so we saw A Way Out, you know, you talked it up big, you said it should have won an Oscar or whatever for its writing, and then the game kind of pseudo-flopped in, in some ways, right? So you kind of got your foot in your mouth. Well, with this game, it's like, it's actually good, and I'm actually really enjoying it, and I think that... It, you know, it deserves a lot of love and praise. And then he comes out and says, yeah, but there's another game that we're working on that's even better. And it's like, okay, well, let's work on, let's stay on this game for right now and move on to the next game after you've gotten your praises on this one because this is actually a really well-crafted and pretty well-written story, honestly. I just, there's times in the story where, like, randomly the characters will just start fighting with each other and they'll remind themselves, oh, yeah, we're getting a divorce or whatever, you know? And it's like, okay, but you just went through this entire section where you were complimenting each other, having fun, you know, doing all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, randomly, this, the story will stop and it'll go, ah, but you didn't take out that wasp nest, nest like you were supposed to. Or, ah, you never got back into this or blah, blah, blah. And they would kind of fight a little bit. But through the main part of the gameplay, you're you're having fun and you're doing things with each other without this animosity. It's kind of weird how it sometimes pivots like that. But for the most part, I think it's written pretty well. And I think that the story as a whole is progressing smoothly um, in, 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 in most of the cases. So, the gameplay in the game is pretty varied, right? Um, there's a lot of gameplay mechanics that are used in multiple ways, and then you some are taken away when you go to the next section of the game, some are, some are completely, you know, one-and-done type deals. And just as an example, I'll use a very early section of the game to, to, to tell you about this, just so there's no real spoilers in it, where there's a section where you're climbing a tree. Okay, so you get this rope mechanic where you can grapple on the things, swing on them, and jump off of them, right? You go through that whole climbing section of the tree, and then there's a new section where you get, you know, almost right after that, you get, you know, one guy gets a, a, a gun that shoots, like, uh, they call it like nectar that shoots nectar that's just it's explosive apparently it shoots nectar which can weigh things down and it can also cover enemies in nectar so that the other character can shoot it shoot it with a with a match match stick launcher which explodes it so there's two different gameplay mechanics right there and and, and so they kind of builds on that for a little bit and and it does like puzzles where you weigh things down you get you know you blow things up or you you know, make things blow up so that, you know, this will lift the other character in the air and they can do something like that. Throughout that level, then it turns into, you know, you get like a boss 
battle and you're doing all this stuff with like a rail grinding section where you're grinding on these minecart rails and then it turns into the bo- another boss fight where you're fighting like this giant wasp and you're going through all these different gameplay elements and then there's a, bo- a part where you're riding a be- on a beetle's back and you're dodging you know different things and the other person's like doing like shoot you know cover shooting um, and then there's a part where you're on like the lid of a barrel and the one person can control the barrel while the other person shoots, you know, things coming at you. And uh, it's like floating on water and, and you're using the, the, the nectar shooter gun as like a, a motor, right? And then it turns into, you know, one person is flying the plane and the other person is shooting the gun on the plane. And then it turns into like a 2D uh, street fighter type game where you do like a boss battle with the general squirrel and you have like a basic punch and kick and like it, it, it has health bars and stuff like that it's, it's out of left field but it works really well and then after all of that it turns into a gliding section where the the plane kind of breaks apart and you have to work together to you use the glider and turn through c- corners and stuff like that and then finally the the part of that part whole section of the game ends with with the final cutscene and just that gameplay segment right there it's it's a i mean i think that's like an hour or so of gameplay it does so many different things just right there and that's just so impressive to me that it all kinds of flow it all flows together really well and things don't stay around for too long. You know, that section with the plane probably is about a 20-minute section, right? That section with the, the you know, you're, you're, you're using the gun as the, a motor on, a, on the pseudo-boat. Is it's only one section in the game. It doesn't it doesn't overstay its welcome. Of course, there's things that will overstay their welcome, like the platforming. That's a main core of the game. But there's things like the rope mechanic that kind of, I think that stuck sticks around. Um, but there's things like you know the the beetle mini game or the gr- rail grinding section. And sure, maybe we'll see those things in the future of the game. We don't know yet because we haven't gotten that far. But you know, there's some reoccurring things, but there most things they 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 come in, they don't stick around for too long, and then you move on to the next thing, and it's really a nice, nicely done, nicely nice flowing game. Um, and hopefully, as we go through the game more, it, it, it still does that. Right now, we just got past that whole section that I just talked about. That's like the farthest we've gotten. That's like the first few hours of gameplay, and. I'm really interested to see where it's going to go from here because they've already introduced so many different things and so many different gaming styles, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Contrary to, like, A Way Out, there was a lot of, like, similar gameplay elements throughout the game. You know, hitting a button at the right time, quick time events, stealth events. You know, the game practically turns into a third-person shooter for the third act, and it just kind of just seems a little disjointed when you're doing these parts where... You know the controls are there's like there's barely any of those parts where the controls are so drastically different that you need to kind of relearn them or it's like a completely different mechanic that it's hard you know like there's a part in a way out where it's like you're on the boat and you're rowing it's like that's one of the most you know different parts of the game but that's in a you know six hour game so anyway right now um, I would recommend it takes two um, if you if you want to check it out uh, I think that it's a um, I think it's a it's a nice nicely paced game. I think it's good a co op game, and if you haven't checked it out yet, I would recommend doing so. Um, it took a little while for me to get to it, but I I'm glad that we finally did, and hopefully we'll play some more of it uh, this weekend or or so um, because it is a pretty fun game. 
And with that, uh, that's pretty much everything that I've been playing that's new this past week. Of course, I've been playing, like, you know, Outriders and Fall Guys still, but um, I don't want to talk about that more than I've already had because it's, I'm just going to be retreading a bunch of things. I still I still have my gripes about Outriders. Trust me. Hopefully, I'll be done with it soon. Anywho, let's talk about the news from this past week. So, there was the Resident Evil Village Showcase. Uh, or just the Resident Evil 25th Anniversary Showcase. I forget what they exactly called it. Uh, but they revealed a bunch of different things, so we're going to go through those as as we do. Um, so they confirmed that Resident Evil uh, Village will run at 60 frames per second on 4K w- with the ray tracing mode disabled. If you turn on ray tracing, uh, there will be you know better reflections and features, but the frame rate will drop to 45 frames per second, but it will still run at 4K resolution. Um, people are speculating that they may add in 60 frames per, per second with ray tracing on as an option um, in the future in a post-release, kind of like Miles Morales, the, the Spider-Man game. Um, but, of course, that's a wait-and-see type thing. They also confirmed that on the PlayStation 4, uh, the, con- the, that, the the base console version is going to get 45 frames <laughs> Oh, my God. The base console version is going to run at 900p and 45 frames per second. The PS4 Pro, though, will offer 60 frames per second at 1080p. So there's a big difference between your base PS4 model and your Pro PS4 model. Those who use the higher resolution on the PS4 will be able to opt in for 4K and 30 frames per second, courtesy of a high-resolution toggle that will be in only the Pro version of the game. But it is pretty impressive that the game is going to be able to run 60 frames per second on, like, a PS4 Pro. Obviously, PS4 Pro is, like, a stepping stone to the PS5. Um, it is unfortunate that the the older version of the game is, is going to suffer a little bit. Um, so if you are looking to get this game, obviously be wary that I think that the older version of the game is not going to run as smoothly as the newer versions. Um, obviously... Like with the PS5 version, I mean, I think that's going to run pretty well because it's designed for this type of stuff. And this is a pretty graphically good-looking game. Just from screenshots and gameplay that we've seen, it looks very impressive. There's lots of nice lighting textures and stuff like that. Lots of nice character facial animations. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see how drastic the difference will actually look. um, Because it might not actually look too bad. But then again, we saw the whole fiasco with with Cyberpunk, so I don't want to speculate too far. But just know that if you're going to be getting the... If you have a base version of the PS4 like myself, it might not run as well as the Pro or the PS5 version. Also, they... I mean, Chris Redfield was featured in the new Resident Evil Village trailer um, a fair amount. There was little snippets of him. Um, and the new, the new trailer is available on PlayStation on PlayStation's YouTube channel if you want to watch it. Um, it didn't go too more in-depth into, like, the story, um, but it did show a few new uh, areas and stuff like that. Um, they confirmed that Mia is dead, so... Either that's going to be the storyline they choose or something happened that we'll find out. Um, they showed a little bit off about, you know, what the diff- the two different factions. Obviously, there's the vampires who it seems like they've been protecting over this village, and but they've forsaken the village for whatever reason. And the werewolf creatures or the lichens, I think they were called, um, they have this whole society that's underground. Um, visually the, you know, it's stunning. Um, and then at the end of the trailer, not at the end end, but towards the end, like everyone just starts saying Ethan's name, Ethan Winters, just to confirm if you didn't know already that Ethan Winters is the main character of this one. Uh, but it is looking pretty cool. 
so I got to give him props for that. Uh, looks like it's going to be quite quite the game. It looks gonna it looks like it's going to incorporate a lot of things that we already had in like Resident Evil Seven, um, and uh, it's going to add some things as well. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more weapons, and there's the new store guy, the guy who's at the there's a new store they get things from. Um, so we'll learn more as that releases in May, and then also uh, they confirmed that the um, mercenaries mode, <clears throat> mercenaries mode is coming back for Resident Evil 8. Uh, so this mode hasn't been seen since Resident Evil 6, I believe. Um, so it, it skipped over a game or two. Um, but essentially this is a arcade based mode where you go through the game as fast as you can, racking up points for headshots and body shots and explosive kills. Um, and essentially they just want you to go through the game as fast as you possibly can. Uh, there's checkpoints along the way where you can stop at the shop to upgrade your guns. And then there's also power ups that you can get in, in the, in, during the gameplay as well, that will give you, you know, better resistance to damage, better damage output, etc., etc., those types of basic things, and it will all accumulate into a basic score at the end of the game. The abilities are pretty cool, and the gameplay is looking pretty solid. Um, this is, I believe you don't unlock this until the, you beat the game once, um, but, uh, it does look pretty cool, um, and if you're excited for this, I mean, you should be excited for this, it, it looks pretty, pretty spanking if you ask me, um, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays in, in this game. Uh, they also confirmed that there's going to be a different Resident Evil Village demo coming out, which is actually going to be available tomorrow on the 17th of April. It's going to be available at, uh, let's see, it's going to be available at 4 a.m., uh, no, it's going to be available 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time until 4 a.m. Eastern Daylight Savings Time on the 18th of April. So there's not a very large window for it, um, but that will be the first piece of, of the demo. And then the second piece of the demo will take place in the castle area. You'll have 30 minutes to play um, during the following time slots across the world. So you 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Saving Time on the 24th of April until 4 a.m. on the 25th of April. And then finally, there are two more pieces of the Resident Evil demo coming together to form a full 60-minute demo, which will come one week later. Um, they will feature the same content, but it can be played back-to-back. -back. So this will be between the 1st of May through the 7th of May. So they have the two different time slots for the people who want to play them right now. And then there's a complete section of the game um, that you can demo uh, later it, before the game comes out in May, so between the 1st and 7th of May. Um, this will also be available in the UK and Europe and, of course, Japan. Uh, they also said that the uh, Infinite Darkness, which is the Resident Evil Netflix series, uh, it's going to be coming to Netflix in July of 2021. There was a new character trailer, which, of course, Leon was in there. I believe Jill was in there as well. Um, I'm not sure who some of these other characters are. Obviously, some of the people who have played some of the older games might know. Um, but yeah, it's a spin-off series of Resident Evil, of course. It'll be available in 2021. It's going to feature CG characters like Leon and Claire. I'm sorry, not Jill. It's Claire. Um, and the stories will be set after the events of Resident Evil 4 and, a, and revolve around a hacking incident at the White House. There you go. Um, two more things from the Resident Evil showcase. Uh, Resident Evil 4 is actually being adapted for VR, um, but it will be only exclusive to the Oculus Quest 
mainly the Oculus Quest 2 is what they cited. Um, essentially, uh, they, they just showed off short snippets of gameplay and talked about how they're so excited to bring this old game. You'll be able to go in the game, blah, blah, blah. Um, right now, like the graphics are like the same, you know, from the HD port, right? But the gun looks really weird in the, in the, in the trailer, uh, that they showed. And the, obviously they showed like the, uh, you know, they showed the inventory system is going to be largely unchanged. Um, the, you can actually crank the things by hand. I'm wondering how they're going to do like the quick time event sections, who knows? Um, but this is actually being led by the X Metroid Prime developers called Armature, um, so yeah, it's going to be, uh, interesting to see what they do with this. Obviously, since it's coming exclusively the Oculus, it, it might be a timed exclusivity deal. Who knows? But, um, I mean, I'm, I'm probably be checking it out myself. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see what they do in the future. Obviously like, with the new VR system for PlayStation coming out, you know, it'd be maybe an opportune moment to have that be, you know, a VR experience. Um, and there's going to be more information on the Oculus Facebook and Twitch pages on April 21st. Uh, so you can tune in on April 21st uh, to learn more. And finally, the last thing I want to talk about from this, there's going to be a Dead by Daylight crossover with Resident Evil. Um, if you, There will be an exclusive Umbrella Charm for a chapter item. Um, and that's going to be available in June of 2021. Um, people are speculating that Mr. X is going to be making an appearance as a killer in the game. It seems like that from the trailer, simply because of the noises and sounds that were coming. Um, it seems like there might also be like, well, there was like zombie noises also, but that could just be because Mr. X was associated with, with the zombie outbreak in Resident Evil 2. Who knows? It seems likely that's going to be Mr. X and maybe it's already been confirmed, but I don't see it here. Um... But yeah, uh, also Dead by Daylight is celebrating its fifth anniversary, so maybe there'll be a new killer added as well in the future of that. But of course, the teaser trailer doesn't show much other than, you know, just a basic, basic look into what it could, what could, I don't know, it doesn't even really show anything, honestly. It just shows someone on a hook screaming while there's zombie noises. Um, but yeah, I do think that they're going to add Mr. X in because Mr. X was such a frightening character from the second, from the remake, at least, from what I know. Um, I don't think they would add Nemesis because I feel like Nemesis just has too much to him, like guns and weaponry and stuff like that. Mr. X was more of like a, I'm going to punch you in the fucking face kind of character, right? And he had like a transformation, which they may, they may like put in like a special move for like a transformed arm to reach out and stab someone. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see in the near future, obviously. Other big news today, the Indie World Showcase happened uh, this past week. They showed off a bunch of new indie games that will be coming to the Switch and other platforms, of course. I'll just go over some of the ones that piqued my interest. Um, probably one of the most interesting ones is, is this one called Road 96. Apparently there are 96 paths that you can take in this game. Uh, it's a narrative-based game with a mix of adventure, exploration, and puzzle solving. It tells a pe- procedurally generated story with thousands of b- potential paths to take. But there's like, but the name of the game is Road 96, so I think there's like 96 different roads, but there's multiple different paths that you can take. Obviously, the the, de- the decisions you make, both big and small, can drastically alter your experience. And there are many, many roads to take. The trailer was pretty good. Um, I think that it's going to be kind of an interesting. An interesting game. It, it looks really interesting. Um, there's another game that's called Oxen Free 2 Lost Signals. So this is a game that's it's really interesting. It like you use like radio frequencies to solve puzzles and stuff like that. 
Um, it's a pretty cool looking game with some interesting graphical quality as well. Um, that's going to be coming to Switch and Steam. Big news for fans of the Ali Ali series. <clears throat> After Ali Ali 2, now there's Ali Ali World. That's right, you'll be skating the world. Um, they've made it a little bit more. I wouldn't say open world, but there are different paths you can take. There are different ways to play the game. Like you don't have to shred on every piece of of what you know of landscape. You know there are there are ways to just kind of play it as more of a of just an, an experience. They said, which is nice for people who are a little bit more casual. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a new entry entry in the Ali Ali uh, Ali Ali series, which is pretty cool. Um, if you've not played uh, any other Ali Ali games, it's like a it's like a skateboarding platformer. It's like a 2D skate, skateboarding platformer where you know you press different buttons to do different moves, and it gets pretty complicated as you go through it. Um, but yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be a pretty fun game, and it will be available in winter in winter this year. They showed off a new trailer for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game that I talked about, I believe, last episode. Um, they showed off more of you know the, the player abilities and just how the game's going to look. Um, it they did an interview with the developers and said that they wanted to really capture that old, you know, feeling of being at an arcade and playing the old arcade game that was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Um, obviously, it's a 2D beat 'em up, but it looks really stylized, um, and I think that's going to be quite a good time. It has all your favorite turtles and all your favorite turtle characters. Um, they showed Bebop, Bebop in uh, Bebop in the game, um, and. Uh, you know, obviously there'll be like Shredder, I'm sure, and a bunch of other characters as well. So, cool beans. I'm glad that it's coming along well. I don't remember exactly when they said it was going to come out. Um, I think it's just I think it's just slated for this year, right? Also, there was a game called The Longing, which is based off of like the the guy. He was German. Um, he said it was based off of like a a, t- a fable or something that was that there's like this this king who died in a cave and uh he told his servant his last servant to wake him up when um the war was over or something and he never woke up um and so he took the inspiration for this game where you actually have to wait 400 real life days in order for the king to wake up and what you do in your time is completely up to you um it's this was handcrafted hand drawn really nice looking graphically uh, because it is hand drawn graphics um and so yeah i i i don't know exactly what you do in the game they didn't really show too much um uh, but the game was available the same day as the indie direct which is pretty cool um so if you want to check that out make sure you do if you're a fan of like those kind of slow burn type you know, games. I believe this is a pretty slow-burning one indeed. Uh, they also said that Hindsight and Last Stop from Anna Purina Interactive, which are the same people as, like, the Edith Finch game and stuff like that, both of those games are going to be coming to the Switch soon. Um, one's coming in uh, July of 2021, and the other one, Hindsight, is coming... Um... I don't remember. It is coming later this year, I think they said, and I think in fall. So we'll see when that comes. Here's a really cool looking game. Uh, this game's called Aerial Knights Never Yield. Uh, it's uh, well, it's from the developer Aerial Knights, and the game's called Never Yield. It's a pretty cool, stylized game. The guy who made the game obviously has a uh, <laughs> a really 
nice touch with music because he designed the game around uh, the soundtrack that he made himself. Um, but he's a one-man band, and the game looks really cool. Like a 2D side-scrolling platformer, kind of in the same vein as like Bit Trip Runner or something like that. And essentially, you're you go through the story of just trying to save this Neo uh, Detroit, Neo Detroit. Um, that's going to be available on the 19th of May. On it seems like it's going to be exclusive to the eShop as as of right now. Um, but yeah, it, it seems uh, it seems like it's going to be pretty cool. And the soundtrack it was really bopping in in the in the trailer. Also, they announced that Fez was going to be available to download on the Switch uh, on the day of the uh, Indie Showcase. Um, Fez is like this cutesy little platformer where perspective you can change the perspective to unlock new ways to get through a level um very fun game it's it's kind of old at this point um i know it was free on playstation plus back in the ps3 days so it's not like it's a new experience by any means but it is still a good experience Aztec Forgotten Gods, this is a game made by a Mexican studio, and essentially they're taking the mythology of the Aztecs, and they're um, they're bringing in the ability to punch all the Aztec gods in the face. Uh, essentially, there's like this new, um, this future where the Aztecs never fell or whatever. And they make all these like crazy inventions in these cities, and essentially you're playing as a character who just gets to punch gods in the face. Pretty interesting. There is no game, Wrong Dimension, that was announced to be coming uh, later this year to the Switch as well. Um, it's just like this funky like game where it's like there's a lot of games in this one game, but it says that there is no game. It's kind of like that um, impossible quiz, kind of. You know what I'm talking about? I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Uh, there's also a game called Getsu Fuma Den Undying Moon. This is uh, taking a lot of heavy inspiration from a Japanese mythology. Essentially, it's like a 2D side-scrolling Castlevania-type game, um, but it's set in uh, feudal Japan, and you're fighting these crazy monsters and stuff like that. Stylized, it's it's very stylish. It has like these 3D graphical effects along with the 2D like drawn uh, landscapes. Um, it, it does look pretty cool, so if you want to check that out, um, it should be coming out later this year. School or Skull, the Hero Slayer, they showed off this game. It's another side-scrolling roguelite 2D adventure. Um, it came out on Steam, I think, last year. Um, but essentially, you play as the part of the evildoer trying to save the evil emperor. And the main thing of this game is you can switch your heads to have different abilities. Unlike Balan Wonderworld, I believe the different abilities actually all are pretty unique. So if you want to check that out, it'll be available on Switch later this year. Um, Art of Rally was shown off for a quick second, along with Kiwi, uh, Under Lilies, Weaving Tides, Labyrinth City, Pierre, the Maze Detective. And to round it all off, they showed off a snippet of the House of the Dead remake, which is like, I was like, what? <laughs> You know, because I grew up with like these, like the bowling alley that was near me. And then there was like this like little mall area. And of course, House of the Dead was one of the games that they had there. I was super scared of it. But the second you pick up that pistol and start running through the game, uh, you become a little bit more confident. But it's still a pretty, it was a pretty spooky game back then, even though the fucking voice acting was garbage. But, um... Really interested to see how this is going to work out. Apparently, it's going to be... Right now, they only showed off... I believe it's going to be on the Switch. 
Um, but it's going to be interesting because it's like in the gameplay, they showed like this little crosshair on the screen. And, you know, I'm thinking that you move the crosshair with your joystick. Um, I, I really would hope that they would put in like, you know, motion controls to, to, to be able to like shoot the zombies and stuff like that. And I think this is another one of those games that's like it's perfect to put on like a VR system as well because... VR is literally like made for these types of games, these 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 games where you stand in one place and shoot these these enemies and it's like a on rail shooter. Like it, it would be perfect for that. But so far no company has really put out like a really good on rails shooter for, for the for the VR system other than like until dawn whatever that was, Rush of Blood. I can't think of any other on-rails shooter that like really blew me away. So it's it's hopefully they'll bring this to like a VR as well, um, and then hopefully the you know the remake of this game is also good. You know I don't want it to be bad. They they also showed us some of the new voice acting and stuff like that. So should be a bop. Should be a bop. But yeah, um, pretty good indie showcase. Um, I think these indie showcases have a lot more going for them than like the regular Nintendo Directs at this point. I mean, I was more interested in this, just seeing like these new games that I had never heard of and seeing like little snippets of gameplay and stuff like that. They, they were all pretty nice reveals in there. And um, hopefully I, I really appreciate Nintendo doing this, like putting these games out there because you look at some of these games like from these developers who are like, it's a single person studio and you know, they're just trying to get their game out there. Like, um, like that, uh, runner game that I was talking about never yield. And it's like, I don't think anyone would have known what that was if it just launched on the switch without any pomp and circumstance. But now that they have, like they've got me intrigued, I'll probably pick it up. So yeah, cool, cool, cool. Lots of nice, uh, inclusions there. All right, all right. Uh, let's move on to some more news. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales has outsold The Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima. This is in the U.S. Um, and I th- people are accrediting this to the fact that the game has two different versions. So there's a PS4 version for $50. There's also a PS5 version for $70. Um, the other two titles both retail for 60 So, you know, I, I think that um, because of this difference, because there's two games instead of one being sold, that's why Miles Morales has gone up in, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the earnings. Of course, it's still a great game. I'm not, I'm not putting it down for that. I just, uh, you know, just trying to, in my mind, understand why that is. Um, and if you don't recall, they were actually reporting that the sales for the game were actually pretty poor when it first came out, but... I'm pretty sure that's just because the game people were waiting to play the game on the PS5, right? People didn't want to play on the PS4 because the PS5 version was supposedly better, and it probably is. Um, I played it on the PS4. I haven't played it on the PS5 yet, um, but I will say that um, you know it's it's still a great game, and I think that it's like a it's it's a nice little snippet of a game, right? It's not like a huge game, you know. Obviously, you know you're getting what you pay for. Um, but, uh, it's, it's still a nice experience and I would recommend it. Horizon Zero Dawn. Aloy is coming to Fortnite. That's right. Fortnite. Yeah. Aloy is here, right? Uh, so Kratos was the other character that was added from PlayStation. And now Aloy is there. The, the, the main protagonist of, um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, you have to pay 1,500 V bucks for the base version of the skin, um, and if you play a single match with it on the PS5, you'll get the Banuk Ice Hunter outfit as well. And if you want to go all out in, in the Horizon Zero Dawn stuff, including the uh, 
Glenhawk Glider, you'll be able to grab a bundle for 2,600 V-Bucks. And, of course, uh, 2,800 V-Bucks is $20, so you'll be paying about $20 for the skin pack, if you so desire. Mass Effect Legend, Leg uh, Legendary Edition, uh, they revealed there will be a photo mode included. Um, as someone came out on Twitter and asked the one of the lead designer developers for the game, but where's the photo mode? And he said, we were just calibrating, but Mass Effect Legendary Edition will have a photo mode. There's not much known about what the photo mode will entail right now. Uh, from this singular screenshot, it looks like they've got their bases covered. Uh, camera mode, tilt, focal length, filters... Um, if you have a helmet on or not, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, uh, pretty nice of them to be adding that kind of stuff as well into the game. Assassin's Creed's Valhalla DLC, Wrath of the Druids, has been delayed for about a month. Um, the Assassin's Creed came out on their official Twitter and said, To deliver a more refined experience, we're sharing that Wrath of the Druids will now release on May 13th. We're working on an article to provide transparency and share insights on our dev process. Thank you for patience. Keep eyes on our social channels for future news. So I think it was originally supposed to release late in, yeah, 29th of April. Uh, but now it's coming, uh, not even a month later, a few weeks later, um, just to maybe just to tidy things up a little bit. Obviously, Assassin's Creed Valhalla isn't the most perfect game. I've talked about it multiple times last year. Um, but, um, you know, I, I would say that the game probably is better now. I just haven't played it in, in a long time, which is one of the reasons why I didn't really get onto my top 10 list because I played like I played like hours of this game. and I just I felt like I was getting nowhere. And the same thing happened with Origins and Odyssey, there was a point in those games where I got so far, and I was like, I just feel like I'm doing menial, worthless tasks. At least in Valhalla, I I don't know if that was, like, a huge thing for as I why I stopped playing, only because there is a lot to do, and a lot of it seems important, but there's also a lot of that running around, you know, going on your boat and doing raids, and it all just kind of blends together, and I, st I started to get a little bored with it. Um, but to people who are fans of Valhalla, which I mean, I kind of, I mean, I guess I would say I'm a fan of Assassin's Creed in general, just not like how they're doing their new stuff, but, um, the DLC has been delayed. There you go. Uh, people have found out that Time Splitters 2 is actually in, in, in its entirety on the Homefront The Revolution game. Uh, this is a game that came out in 2016, was critically mauled even by myself. I gave it like a 1 out of 10 at the time. Um, it's just It was just a really poor experience. But you may want to crack open that copy that you probably found in a bargain bin for $5 because the entirety of Time Splitters 2 was put on to the game. Now, there was a Easter egg. There was like an arcade cabinet you could go up to and click on and you could play like a few levels from the game. But now people have discovered that there is actually a combination of of inputs on a controller in order to play the entire story mode, the entire arcade mode, and the entire challenge mode. If you want to look those up, obviously they're easy enough too. Um, but the story mode one is probably the one that most people will do. You have to do like a... Uh, this is actually pretty complicated. So you press L2 and up at the same time. L2 and down at the same time. Down on its own. L2 and right. R2 and left, R2 and circle, L2 and triangle, L2 and triangle again, R2 and square, and then finally L2 and X, and it will actually boot up Time Splitters 2. 
uh, its first cutscene. That's pretty crazy. There's, of course, one for arcade mode and challenge mode. I'm not going to go through them all. Um, but with how cheap a copy of Homefront the Revolution is, and, and, and it being on Steam and available on Steam, um, kind of crazy. So if, uh, if you have a PlayStation version, obviously it's a little bit easier to find the PlayStation or Xbox version of this. Um, for a computer, might be a little bit more difficult, but that's actually pretty cool. Um, you can play the entirety of Time Splitters in 4K if you want to. That's crazy. Now, we played the Time Splitters 2 on an original hardware. Still holds up pretty well. But um, this is actually really, really interesting. A good find. Okay, so Capcom is closing down its online store in the U.S. I'm not sure anywhere else, but uh, I only know of America right now. Um, it will be open until May 1st. Supplies are limited, so get things while you can, they said. Right now, um, games like Monster Hunter Rise and like the new stuff is still available. Um, people can still redeem points, you know, with percentages off and credit and stuff like that. But Ca Capcom confirmed that no credit card information was stolen during the attack early this week, and that's not why. And that's not why the Capcom store is being taken down. They said um, there was also a cyber attack in November as well. Yet again, they said it's not because of the attack that the Capcom store is going down. Capcom came out on Twitter at Capcom Store and said an, um, an important update from the Capcom Store team. The Capcom Store is closing, and the last day of the order will be May 1st. Supplies are limited, so place your order soon. We want to give you a huge thank you to everyone who has supported the store. Um, I don't know about you guys, um, but I didn't even know that there was a Capcom Store. <laughs> and I, it does seem a bit fishy that the store is closing down after two major cyber attacks. I'm guessing that they're going to be releasing a new version of the store. I think that it, it they're just upgrading the security on it, and they're going to put a new version of the store, or they're just going to shut it down in general. And I think it, I, I know they, they deny that it's a because of the cyber attacks, but I really do think it's because of the cyber attacks. They looked at their website and said, yeah, it's too expensive to upgrade the security on this bitch, so shut it down. <laughs> anyway, uh, Nintendo Labo is also going to be taken out of it seems like it's going to be taken off the market uh the website has officially been taken down and actually it um re redirects you to the vr kit only so they might only be selling the vr kit now for the nintendo labo stuff um there's a Nintendo insider who said that there might be a tiny announcement for the Labo before it rides off into the sunset, a.k.a. it gets shut down entirely. Um, obviously, the cardboard phenomenon wasn't much of a phenomenon. It, it was a Nintendo venture that not many people latched onto. I've seen people put these things together and use them. They're not perfect. They never go together the way that you want them to do. Uh, it takes forever in order to put them together for something that you may use for a few maybe an hour at the most, but for the most part, it's just like a gimmick, little novelty type thing. It's an interesting idea, a peripheral that's recyclable. <laughs> but for the most part, I think that it was, it was a gimmick thing, and I'm sure people enjoyed it while they played it, but it's one of those things where it's like, okay, so what do I do with this cardboard monstrosity after I use it, you know, and play the game and do everything that I can with it? It's just they're going to take up room, you know? Probably the biggest thing they did was that... Wasn't there, like, a house? Or, like, a periscope or something? I don't even know. I don't even know. Don't ask me. 
All right, so the final Ninji speed run for Super Mario Maker 2 has arrived. If you want to do it, it's available now. Nintendo came out on Twitter and said the final Super Mario Maker 2 Ninji speed run event is here. To clear the, f- the final Ninji speed run course, you'll need to run a few laps around Bowser's Castle. It's packed with tricky gimmicks, putting all of your skills to the test. Keep at it and go for the best time that you can get. The Bowser's Castle, the last dash Ninji speed run, will take place uh, until the 27th of April. It'll be shut down at 7 p.m. Pacific time, so make sure to check it out. This is the 20th course, and it will last for a total of two weeks. Um, once it's over, it seems like the entire speedrun series on Super Mario Maker 2 will be kaput. Of course, um, they're saying here that's the final one, so I'm not sure why anyone would say might, but yeah, it, it might. <laughs> it might be completely finished. Who knows? It probably is. Um, Mario Maker 2 did not get the love that Mario Maker 1 got. Um, obviously, um, even though it's on a bigger and better console sales wise and, you know, performance wise and uh, availability wise, um, I think that Nintendo kind of forgot what it was doing with the, with everything. I mean, they, they, I mean, the game's only been out for two years and already it seems like there's been nothing, no news for it for, for months. Kind of sad, but you know, what you're going to do. Ubisoft has confirmed that the that they are going to be doing their E3 presentation on day one of E3. It'll be on June 12th, and it will start at 12 p.m. Pacific time, which is like 4 p.m. Um, uh, U.S. You know, Eastern or 3 p.m. Eastern time. So we'll try and live stream that. If if we probably won't be able to, or maybe we'll get there in the middle of it. Who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, no one's sure what they're going to announce. Probably just the same stuff they did the last, um, 2019 E3, um, that, that we never got around to. And there'll probably be a new Just Dance 2022 type thing. Um, maybe they'll talk about, I don't even, I don't even know. Um, but yeah, Ubisoft is coming to E3 day one. Balan Wonderworld. The demo is being taken down on all storefronts. Um, on the 14th of April, the uh, Switch version of the demo was taken offline, and the Steam version was taken off a few hours after it. Um, why would they do that? So that people don't get a taste of the game and decide not to not to buy it. That's pretty much the entire the, the entirety of it. Of course, it's been getting really poor reviews. I have seen so many videos in my feed, not only from Video Game Donkey, but from Critical and all these people who I don't even know because I watch one fucking Balan Wonderworld video and now I get like 50 of them in my feed. But it looks like everyone's kind of having a bad time with it. And it could also be that they are doing like this pack mentality kind of thing like they like to do and just piling on the game. Who knows? I mean, I've seen gameplay of it. It looks bizarrely barren for a 3D platformer that was made in 2020 or 2021 or released in 2021, I should say. Um, it just it's, it's, it doesn't look like anything special. And how people describe how the game works just seems really annoying. The fact that like there's so many costumes in the game and most of them just don't do anything. There's no dedicated jump button when you're in certain costumes. It's like, holy shit, that's crazy. The game's day one patch aimed to address some of the problems seen in the demo, but um, it's no longer representative of the final product, they said, so that's why they're taking it down. Uh, but it could also be because people are playing the demo and saying, fuck this. Uh, if they put up another demo, you know, that that would be great. Put up another demo that's more closely to what, you know, what the original or the game is. Um, 
But yeah, I, I mean, if you see this game and it's it's it's, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see this game in the bargain bin for ten bucks soon enough, or like a Steam sale for ten bucks soon enough. And at that time, most people would say, "Don't play it." <laughs> There's a new color for the Switch Lite. It's like a bluish, purplish type color. Um, it's called the uh, Blue Edition, but it's not really blue. It kind of looks purple in some of the pictures. Uh, it's just like that dress meme. Oh boy. Uh, of course, it's going to cost about $200, just like all the other ones. It's set to launch in Europe on the 7th of May and in North America on the 21st. Um, it'll be joining yellow, turquoise, gray, and coral pink systems. Okay, that's that. King of Seas is coming on the 25th of May. This game is a pirate RPG. Very funny. Um, essentially you'll sail the seven seas, well, not really, you'll sail the sea with a periodic, procedurally generated, uh, world in an RPG environment, you'll explore open waters and open sea, collect treasure, trade with other ships, and of course engage in ship-to-ship battle. It's not an aimless, um, game though, you'll, there will be a full story full of quests to give you objectives to aim for as you fight to regain what was taken away Uh, You'll meet a lot of intriguing characters, and um, the game will actually react to your actions. Naval routes will change over time, and the difficulty will keep up with you as you conquer more settlements. You'll also be pleased to know that you can fully customize your ship. There are five types of vessels available that that you can slowly make your own as you acquire new equipment and skills and skins. As for combat, it's somewhat strategic. There are over 20 skills to choose from and talent trees to fill in, so there's plenty to explore. This game will be coming to Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, looks like Steam. Uh, That'll be coming for $25 on the 25th of May, and it's made by Team 17, so you know it's going to be at least somewhat quality. Um, But yeah, it looks like a pretty cool game. There's a trailer now on Team 17's YouTube channel. I would suggest checking it out because it looks like a pretty fun adventure, huh? Um, graphics leave a little bit to be desired, but, um, it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look bad at all. And finally, I saved the best for last, everyone. Nintendo has taken down a Patreon because someone made a Bowser dildo. Now, this Bowser dildo was made a few years ago, um, and it was put on, on this Patreon for, like, it's like a, it's like a picture of it. People were buying, like, pictures of it or whatever. It's, like, weird. Um, but anyway, this artist by the name of Echo Arcade um, was given this message by uh, Nintendo's lawyers. Hello, it, or, well, from pa- Patreon, who got the uh, message from the lawyers. It's Ray from Patreon's trust and safety team. I just wanted to follow up um, on the order, uh, blah, blah, blah. We recently received a copyright claim for one of your works, making, a, making it unavailable on Patreon. Specifically, the claim comes from Nintendo of America, who owns the copyrights to the content being utilized in your post. Obviously, this is a little bit of a awkward subject for someone from Patreon to contact you about, because it is a Bowser-like dildo picture. Um, but yeah, it's like a 3D model, right? It's like a 3D model. So he was, I mean, I don't know if he was selling it on Patreon, but it was like a Patreon paid thing. Um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting. This comes shortly after Nintendo took down like a peach nude video game called Peach's Adventure or whatever, uh, or Untold Tale. That's what it was called. Um, so it seems like Nintendo's going around and striking some of these more raunchy things that are becoming a little bit more known. Obviously, like I said, I believe this this patron 3D rendered Bowser cock has been around for at least 
I think it was like three years now, June of 2018, it was put up for download. So it's been a while since it's been up. And now does this confirm uh, that Bowser's phallic object looks like this um, this image? Maybe that's what it's confirming. Kind of like there was a there was an animator on YouTube, I think uh, um, Meat Canyon. Uh, he made like this parody for Bugs Bunny that was really weird. Um, and Warner Brothers had it taken down. Um, and everyone was like, oh, does that mean that this is actually canon now? <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Uh, but yeah, obviously this raises a few questions about fair use. Um, obviously the work is transformative because he's just, come, you know, he's thinking of it out of the air, right? Um, of course, a lot of adult creators can easily claim parody for defense as well. Um, but obviously taking on Nintendo in a legal battle would be, uh, probably not the most financially welcoming thing, of course. Um, but yeah, uh, obviously people who are fans of this person, Echo Arcade, uh, they replied to their tweet to point out that the 3D rendering of Bowser's penis must have been quite accurate for Nintendo to insist on its removal, thereby making it canon, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of, I, I actually, I, I saw the picture myself. I mean, it's a very nicely rendered Bowser penis, you know, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I love gay Bowser, you know me. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is just kind of funny story. I thought I'd put it at the end here because it's not really video game news per se, but it's kind of like, it's video game related. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just kind of a funny thing. So, yeah, interestingly, um, interestingly, it's probably getting more, like, you, people, more people are seeing this image of uh, Bowser's 3D rendered dildo cock um than they did in the past you know few years of it being up and since 2018 you know so there you go joe hook me up with that realistic bowser dildo please and thank you should i put that in the title of this video no <laughs> or podcasting <laughs> yeah here we go it's gonna be say no more it takes two um you know indie showcase resident evil 8 showcase Bowser's cock? Question mark exclamation point. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll do something. I, that's a, that's a funny one though. All right. Well, anyway, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode of Ferret Sixty Four. I hope you enjoyed. Um, if you are new to the show, I stream on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. We play games like Final Fantasy VII Remake and Link's Awakening right now. Um, and then I do a voting system for what games I play next. Um, also, I have a YouTube channel, a Twitter account, an Instagram, and a TikTok. All of them at Yummy the Ferret. And, um... I do have a second channel now called Yummy the Ferret VODs, if you want to check that out. Just replays of all the streams that I've done. I'm slowly adding them in there. Recently, I just added the Dead Space playthrough. Um, so if you want to check that out, you can. Obviously, they are long-form, live-stream-type videos. So, you know, take that as you will. Uh, I've watched a few myself just because I'm a narcissist like that. But, you know, what you going to do? All right, anywho, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Ferris 64. I hope you have a great rest of your week or a great day or a great weekend or whenever you're listening to this. I'm here with Ferret, and I'll see you guys next episode. Bye-bye. Bowser's coming!